Welcome to the Healing Trauma and CPTSD podcast. I'm your host, Monique Coven. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and this podcast is all about hope and recovery. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. So today is our final episode looking at trauma treatment healing modalities. And I have with me Victoria Donahue once again. She's been with us before. And Victoria is a therapist that uses sensory motor psychotherapy with her clients and her practice. And so I was able to ask her questions to help you get a feel for how this modality works. How is it helpful in the treatment of complex trauma? And how is it different from other therapy modalities? I hope you find this episode helpful. Victoria. Hi, Monique. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Last time you were here, you talked about inner child healing, parts work, and today we're going to talk about sensory motor psychotherapy. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, so I'm going to start with um, just a general question that's always big, but can you tell us what is sensory motor psychotherapy? Yeah, absolutely. So sensory motor psychotherapy is a body-oriented relational therapy, and it addresses the somatic components of emotional regulation without necessarily the use of touch. So it's not, you know, really a a body work uh, type of therapy. It's more somatic with some talk therapy. And so what we're doing with sensory motor psychotherapy is we are looking at how the body processes information, how movement, gesture, and posture reflect and sustain logical issues, limiting beliefs, or how it holds painful, unresolved emotions. And so we're really not just focused on the narrative or the story. We're also looking at how our body participates in it. And there's a real emphasis in, in you know, mindfulness and dual awareness which is really important because when we're working with trauma, um, we really want to ensure that with that mindfulness, a client isn't really reliving or re-experiencing. They're not, you know, triggered by their trauma, but they have, you know, one foot in the present. They're grounded and one foot in the past versus, you know, when we're hijacked or when we're re-experiencing the trauma, we've got two feet in, in the past. So that's, you know, a really um, important uh, cornerstone with sensory motor psychotherapy. And so essentially what it does is it really does a really great job at addressing the three stages of when we're working with trauma. You know, the first one being stabilization and resourcing. And here with clients, we are, we're helping them find resources that they already have in their body. You know, maybe they bring a hot tea with them in session and that mm. itself can be a somatic resource. So we kind yeah. of look at what the client already has or maybe they take a breath and with that breath there, there, that arousal slows down a little bit. And then sometimes together we find resources in the body. Um, and then also the stage two of working with trauma, which is processing trauma. Sensory motor does a lot of that um, as well. So interesting. Um, so 
I, I guess I, it, it leads me right to my next question, which is how, how does this differ from, let's say, traditional talk therapy? Yeah, so sensory motor is that bottom-up approach, whereas talk therapy is that top-down approach, which I know you've talked about on previous podcasts. Um, so just, but I'll, I'll just go through that just a little bit in case uh, you have new listeners here. So when we're talking about that top down, which is what, um, talk therapy is, we're really focusing on the parts of the brain associated with thinking and speaking and current emotional awareness. So this is the topmost areas of the brain. So the neocortex, the frontal lobes, the prefrontal lobes, and then whereas sensory motor psychotherapy and other somatic therapies, they're really more focused on the bottom up approach. And here we are, um, you know, we're working with the base of, of the brain. And here that's where the, the brainstem area is responsible for reflexes, memories and automatic survival responses, which is so important when working with, with trauma because we can't just think our way through it. And that's why that top down can, can bring us to a certain level, but only to, you know, only so far, we really have to engage that bottom up approach to look at, at the reflexes, at the bot, at, at the, the memories that can really hijack, um, a client who's experienced trauma. So, you know, we're really looking on that, working with that right brain implicit self and, um, we're working in a collaborative way we're tracking what's happening in the body. We're bringing it into to their awareness. Um, so for instance, if a client is talking about a sibling, let's just say, and their body keeps on pulling back, we'll just kind of mention that to the client and bring that just like, oh, and as you, as you talk about your, your sibling, um, it's like your body pulls back. And we're not analyzing it. We're just bringing it into awareness. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there is something that wanted to happen that couldn't happen. Maybe there is, maybe that's a resource in itself. Um, so we're really just tracking and contacting and bringing into awareness what is happening in the body when they're telling that story. And that gives us kind of um, a framework of how to work with the client. Okay. Yeah, I, I was just thinking a few things as you were speaking. It was just reminding me of how, for many people, when they're just, you know, talking about their trauma or how they're experiencing their life and how they, they may get triggered, it's just so interesting that, um, you know, sometimes we're not even aware, like we can think we've thought through the different things we think that we've worked it out and then we can just walk by something and suddenly we get almost like a knee jerk reaction in our body. And we're like, where did that come from? And absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's the piece I know for myself speaking personally, that's the piece that was missing, you know, all those years when I would be seeking out help. And I can remember vividly after working with someone for six months, um, and I've shared this on the podcast, but maybe not everybody have, has heard it. I pointed to my stomach and I said to this therapist, when is this going to go away? And I didn't have the right words, but what I was trying to say is when is my stomach going to stop reacting? And when am I going to stop living in chronic triggering and knots and, and all of that somatic stuff? 
And of course, she didn't really have an answer. I mean, again, no fault of her own. We're just coming into this, this, this understanding of the somatics um, as well. So, okay, that that was that was a good explanation that you that you gave us. So, thank you. Yeah, and you right there. That was an, a great example of that bottom up approach, right? Just like that knee jerk reflex that comes from you know that reptilian brain that we're not we don't have any thoughts around that. They just it just happens so quickly, yeah. and that's where like with talk therapy is we don't have words that go with it. We don't. There we don't. is no words. There are no words. It's just something that happens. We don't even, we can't describe it. I mean, we can describe it after the fact, but not even really the words never do it justice, but the body really shows us what happens. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's why sometimes we, we hear people say, and you know, a long time ago, I never really understood it, but you know, the body has wisdom, the body speaks. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> but I certainly understand it now. And it, um, it makes, it makes so much sense. So why would sensory motor psychotherapy and somatic therapy in general be important when you're healing complex trauma? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we start off with knowing that trauma impacts us physiologically and the body um, and the body. Therefore, we respond to things physiologically and somatically before we can even, you know, feel, um, feel the fear or think about it. When we're working with, with trauma, working with the emotions associated, like the grief and the sadness and the anger, the rage, we're actually working first with that dysregulation, which, and the physiological response, which is different than the, the emotions, like the emotions are the impact, are the after effect of the actual physiological response, you know, when we experience trauma. And like you were saying before, and you gave that example, you know, trauma is triggered by reminders of our past, which is not verbal, verbally, you know, accessible. Yeah. We can't like, you know, dissociation, we just... It just happens. All of a sudden, a client is, you know, out of their window of tolerance or dysregulated and we can help them come back. Um, but again, right, there isn't that, you know, that, oh, this is exactly what happened. They can't think their way through of this is exactly what was happening for me when I noticed myself get out of that window um, of tolerance. So that's one of the things that I think is, is really um, why we need the somatic piece when healing trauma. And, you know, the other thing too, is that, you know, when we're working with that bottom up approach, we are looking to stabilize that arousal and to really gain more flexibility within our defensive responses because traumatized clients will develop patterns around these animal defenses based on what has worked on the past. We've got the fight flight and freeze and that submit, which is that low energy, sometimes referred to as fawn, um, where, you know, it's caretaking, depressed, low energy in the nervous system. And then we also have the attached cry for help. And oftentimes when we're little, we depend on these survival mechanisms, these categories, and they get locked in our body right? Like something might happen and then we instantly freeze, even though that danger is over. But that's what our body knows. 
So when we're working on the somatic level, we're looking at, you know, finding resources for our, our defenses or animal defenses. Um, and we're also sometimes looking to reinstate impulses or, you know, acts of triumph. So reinstating the act of defense. So with, for instance, let's just say we grew up in, um, in a family where it wasn't safe to have boundaries, then we tend to lose that ability to access that later in life. And so sometimes the work with the clients is just getting to know what it feels like to have the boundary. And it's not just to have the boundary and just like, well, you need to have boundaries. It's when you just think of setting these boundaries, what does that look like? What does that feel like in the body? What do you notice as I say those words? And then we slowly working very collaboratively and a pace that works, you know, for the client to reinstate that, you know, that fight active defense, which is as the boundaries being able to say no or to, um, to ha- put their needs first. Um, so that's another thing that's, that's really important when we're working with trauma. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about how, when you're leaving the body out of this and then you, you tell someone, um, you know, you really need to have boundaries. It's very important. And they cognitively agree and say, of course it is. Yes, yes, yes. But they've ignored what's happening in the body and they don't understand why they suddenly have this instant block, which is, of course, we know the defense. Yeah, the defense mechanism. So yeah. this is what you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's not just the thoughts like, you know, talk therapy will, like you said, right? Like you should have boundaries. Yeah, that sounds great. And then there is that block where someone can actually set boundaries. Yes. Which yes. is what saved them, right? Which was wor- best for them at that time, but it might not work for them now, but their body doesn't understand that. That's why they feel stuck when it comes to setting boundaries. Yes, yes, yes. And this is why we know now how important it is to bring the body into, into the, the, the healing process. Yeah. Yeah. So, so interesting. So amazing. Um, so, okay. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious if that's okay. If you would, if you would give us like a little example maybe of what, um, a session, like a somatic, not a somatic, a sensory motor psychotherapy somatic um, Mm -hmm. session with a client would look like someone who had complex trauma? Yeah. So this is such a great question. And the answer can vary um, tremendously because it's all about meeting the client where they're at. So a client might come in and they feel really comfortable in their body. And, you know, you're asking them what they notice in their body as, you know, as they think about something and they have all the language and they know what the sensations are. They have the vocabulary. They know where they feel it exactly. They feel really comfortable in their body. And so like a client like that, we might spend a little, they might already have the somatic resources. So it's just about, um, you know, working more directly of like making that link. Um, Whereas, and then they go go into processing um, faster, which I'll I'll give an example of that in in a bit. And then there's other um, individuals who feel super uncomfortable in their body. And they may come in saying like, I want somatic therapy because they, you know, they've read about it. It makes sense. 
um, but they're so uncomfortable in their body. So with them, we might do more of talk therapy, creating more of that safety and that relationship, and then really slowly bring their focus in their body in a way that feels more comfortable for them. So we might actually start off with like the limbs, what they notice in the limbs, because that seems to be less activating with the core. We'll focus a little bit on breath. Um, so like, for instance, more tangible example would be when a client comes into my office, um, I will, you know, this is the first time we're meeting, I'll bring out, they sit down and I'll bring out this little table that I have and I'll put that in between us and I'll ask them like a before and after, what did it feel like to put the table in between us and what does it feel like to take it away? And they might say like, it feels good to have the table there. And then I'll say, oh, okay, that, that's great. What in your body lets you know that you feel that felt good? And so right there, that's a somatic, that's a boundary in between um, someone. So we might start there really gently. And then we're looking at finding somatic resources. So that might be like breath, that might be aligning the spine. And it's really tied to, it's not just, hey, let's breathe together. It's really like when you were talking about this, there's a lot of activation in your nervous system. So I'm wondering if we can find a resource together. And then we practice it together. We notice what it feels like in the body. We savor it. So we're actually giving the body an experience. It's not just talking, but actually felt sense of what it feels like to have that resource. And I love then, that. I love that. I love that uh, active part. Um, well, the experiential part, of course, um, you are really with the client, first of all, in this experience, which I love. They're not alone. Mm -hmm. And you, you're giving them the opportunity to, to get out of their head, moving into the, into the body and the felt sense so they can experience it and, and experience a different experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, it's customizing, right? Like maybe we start with a breath and they're like, Ooh, this creates more anxiety. Okay, great. That what let you know that that's so great that you know that let's stop. Let's find another resource because there isn't that, you know, one size fits all. Um, and then if we're looking at, you know, processing some trauma, for instance, um, I was working with a client recently and there was a lot of activation and there's lots of charge when they, um, when they talk about, uh, you know, someone in their life and, you know, we've done enough resourcing at this time, um, to expand their window a little bit. And then we looked at kind of reinstating an active defense, which is what the body wanted to do, but couldn't do. And what we did for that is we light up the emotions and where they feel that charge in their body. And then from a state of mindfulness and dual awareness um, with this client, um, they pushed against a wall. And it's really that like, as you're pushing and you feel that energy move through you, you know, notice your feet on the ground and where are you pushing from? Are you pushing from your back? Are you pushing from your arms? So it really keeps them in that present moment of what's happening now in 2020 versus, you know, I'm pushing, this is what I wanted to do when I was little and I'm all of a sudden a little kid. Like that would not be helpful because that's what happened during the trauma, right? Like that prefrontal cortex shuts down. There is no more mindfulness. They're just living in, um, in trauma time, in that defensive response. And so by bringing them 
into that dual awareness, they're able to safely um, have a different experience and reinstate what wanted to happen and couldn't happen. So just a question, just to clarify. Mm -hmm. So are you, are you then not uh, going into a past memory and having them, um, you know, kind of push, uh, push because you may say something like, is this what you want? Like do something like push because that's what you needed to do back then. Or are you having them push in the present and you're not talking about the past, but somehow the brain, can you just elaborate a bit more just so yeah. we can clarify? So we're not, we're not necessarily saying this is what the body wanted to do. We, it's kind of a technical question in some ways. We might have to kind of do that to bring up some of the charge, but it's not completely recommended because then that brings them into the past. So it really depends. It's kind of a clinical decision, but it's really like in the okay. here and now as it's more of, you know, not bringing them in the past. It's because that is the past is already in the room. It's already in their body. Their body already has that association. Yeah. We don't need to go there too much. Sometimes we do need to, if there's like losing juice a little bit, but that's not the preferred method. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I was kind of wondering, um, cause from a, 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 another modality, um, I think they were, uh, talking about, okay, so what would you have liked to do? And you kind of do it and then you feel mastery that you were able to, I don't know, kick your legs or run out of the room or, um, but you're saying it's already there. It's already in the body. And by doing yeah. mm -hmm. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's already, we've already lit up the nervous system enough. That's where we might say it if we're losing juice and the client is just not they're they're losing that charge, we might bring it up. But I see. we don't need to because we've already done like, you know, sensory motor, we've already spent 20 minutes, 20, 25, 30 minutes on bringing that energy up um, before it's released. So it's, it's like, it's more of the implicit versus the explicit. Like it's already implicitly in the body that that's what we're doing. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what I might ask you now, which, um, for those that don't understand when you say it's already implicit in the, you know, could you just talk a little bit about that? What do you mean implicit versus explicit? Well, implicit, I just mean like, it's not, uh, we've already, we've already done a lot of that work in that session that it's, it's a bit of a process before we, um, we know what kind of have a sense of what to focus on, right? Like a client will come in, they'll talk about whatever they want to talk about. Uh, we're spending some time, you, you know, the first 10 minutes kind of tracking the body, tr contacting, then we decide, Hey, this is what we might want to focus on. What do you think? Does that work for you? We spend another, you know, five, 10 minutes lighting it up some more. So we've already done the groundwork so that we don't have to explicitly say, what did your body want to do? Okay. Okay. That's good. Thank you. Okay. So that was interesting. It gave us a really nice feel for sensory motor psychotherapy. Um, you know, I was, um, wondering, cause you said we do a little bit of a talk and, and I just want to talk about, um, a little bit about, you know, we're not saying that talk therapy does not have its place. 
um, and, and you and I were actually talking about this before, talk therapy can be really helpful. Um, and especially often at the beginning of our journey, because we, you know, we need to kind of have some understanding cognitively um, and maybe get the words out, have a compassionate witness. Um, but I think what we're saying is that, you know, depending on where you are in your journey, that, you know, there's more. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I mean, talk therapy definitely has its place. And I've, I've heard of, you know, really great success stories where people were able to work through just through that relational yeah. um, talk therapy um, work. But, yeah. as, you know, and, and so that, that has, that definitely has a place. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we're working with trauma too, is that people want to, they're kind of like, mm, I don't know if I, I need to understand this. They need to have like, they need to have that like left brain really engaged and really just yeah. knowing to honor that and, and to understand. And, you know, like even with sensory motor psychotherapy, the first stage is, you know, psycho ed, stabilization, right. psycho ed and psycho ed is such an important piece. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so important so that we understand that what's happening to us is not, it, it's normal. And these are normal um, responses from the body. And just that whole education piece helps people feel a little bit safer. Um, yeah. And then exactly. you and I, you and I were talking about um, how, like, you know, this, um, well, I was saying how um, trauma healing and the different kinds of approaches, it's all, it's all cumulative and how we may not be ready if, if, if we go into the somatics, like right away before any, like you said, psychoeducation. And I gave the example about how um, many, many, many years ago, I tried this, uh, I tried a somatic um, approach and I had no understanding of trauma and, um, I just sat there and I tried it for about seven sessions or something. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. What is happening? <laughs> it <Yes>. made no <laughs> sense. And I kind of dropped it. So, but you know, that was where I was in the journey and I needed some other stuff before that, but take me to that years later. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, you may, and then someone might find a somatic therapist that they just don't click with. Yeah. Like, you know, that relational piece I think is foundational, Matt, no matter what modality, like having that relationship, feeling like maybe you can trust or develop some sort of trust. Yeah. Um, with that, that therapist, I think that is more, most important. Um, I think the research even shows that more important yes. than any sort of modality. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I'm going to use an example. And I do this really to encourage people. Um, you know, I worked with someone and I wasn't for about, I think it was a year. And that the uh, modality wasn't clicking with me at the time. Like it wasn't, but she was. Mm -hmm. She was the first person that, that I had an empathetic connection that she validated and felt with me my emotions. And that was 
priceless. Something yeah. inside of me shifted. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was able to see that I had value and that I mattered and I, in, on a deep, deep level. So yes, the, the connection with the therapist is so important. And I think that, you know, if we bring it back to the somatic piece, that is actually somatic because that is some co-regulation that's happening with the client. Exactly. Yes, so, you're right. You know, you're right. Like, that is actually, it's just without necessarily calling it that or um, explicitly saying it implicitly, that's what's happening in the room is that right brain to right brain connection. Oh, a hundred percent. And that is where the repair happened because yeah. I was at a different level in my healing after that experience. So yes, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, Victoria, is there anything you want to add before we close? No, I just, you know, just <laughs> encouraging people to just start wherever they can. And there's no, uh, it's a journey. There's not, oh, this is a path. And just being able to trust yourself and trust that, you know, you'll be able to, um, you know, their journey will unfold the way it's meant to unfold and just not to give up. I love that. I love that. And, and also what I wanted, I know I, I asked you if there's anything you want to add, but you brought this up to my mind. And also a lot of people that um, are, are wanting to heal, there is this sense of mobile, you know, the urgency, I got to heal now, right now. And, the, and I love what you said, because we're on a journey and it's going to be okay. It's going to lead us where we need to go. And we can try to relax because we are healing and mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's going to happen. So I love that. Victoria, how can people find out more about your work or get in touch with you? Yeah, they can um, visit my website, which is victoriadonahuehealing.com. I also have an Instagram page, which is victoria.donahue.healing. Wonderful. Thank you again for sharing with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. Okay. Take good care. Thanks. You too, Monique. Bye. Trauma wounding happens in isolation. And trauma recovery and healing happens in the context of a safe connection. To find out more, about my trauma recovery coaching options, you could reach me on my website at www.cptsdcoach.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at cptsdcoach. Mm -hmm.